Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to take your business and your life to the next level. Today, I have with me Derek Johnson, and let me tell you about Derek. So Derek is a U.S. Army veteran, life coach, and trainer that has helped over 500 clients and 50 companies go from just surviving to thriving through his coaching modalities and marketing efforts. Derek was awarded Soldier of the Year for his battalion, three times, received numerous awards for PT, and took his leadership skills, certifications, and life experiences to help people take control of their mind and body so they can thrive, not just survive. So our theme today is do not allow your past to spill into your future. Very good advice. Please join me in welcoming my guest, Derek Johnson. Welcome, Derek. Thank you, Vicki. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. And thank you for your past service to our country. We appreciate you all. I love the veterans and love having veterans on our show. We always thank start you. with an easy question for you, Derek. An easy question is, right. where do you live? <laughs> I currently live in Panama, Panama City, Panama. Oh my goodness. Excellent. So what's it like living in Panama? It's very similar to Miami, just more laid back. So like the city looks familiar, the beach and all that looks pretty much like South Florida. But if you look in the background, you'll see a ton of mountains as well. So it's ah. like LA meets Miami with a hint of and a dash of New York City without the crime, basically. Ah, so cool. So in uh, 2024, I'm going to start doing retreats a couple of three times a year. And so I guess I need to add Panama as to one of the places I do retreat. And that would be fair. Yeah, cool. you'd love it. There's a ton of American tourists here and a lot of Americans, they move here. So yeah. we're going to move back to South Florida in December. We've been here a year and a half now, my girlfriend and I. Uh -huh. So we just wanted some time away. We we just always wanted to do it. No real like political reason. It's just more <laughs> so, hey, let's go move. It's not too far from places. And you can get a one-way flight to most major cities. So it's very convenient. Nice. Excellent. Well, y'all, anyone out there that wants to do something different, there you go. Try Panama. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So we're going to get to the meat of this. First okay. question, why do you think people struggle mentally so much nowadays? There's a lot of stuff going on. We got noise here. <laughs> we got noise out there. Why do we struggle so much mentally? It's a combination of many things, but I truly believe the biggest thing is lack of control of their attention. 
<laughs> Most people do not have control of their attention. And the biggest reason is because of this bad boy <laughs> right here. <laughs> every app, every email, every friends, every message, everyone and anything wants your attention right now. So zooming out to say, what do I give my attention to? And what apps am I, am I actually addicted to? And saying that out loud, most people wouldn't actually say it, but all of us, myself included, are addicted to all of our devices. We might have a good relationship because of business or other things. You're pointing out your <laughs> Apple Watch, but sometimes it can just be like a pattern where yeah. let's just say in between a call or in between a workflow, everyone has their own pattern. They open up TikTok, then they go to Instagram, then they check their email. They see when this bill is due. They see when that, then they flipped and they're like, oh, now I'm stressed. Now I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. And next thing you know, 30 minutes goes by and they're like, how did I even get here? Yeah. So all of us have our own little cycle of doing that. So just to be transparent with ourselves is, do I have control of my attention or am I intentional when I open up my phone to begin with my apps or anything? So I truly believe that that's a huge issue, which I don't see that it's discussed enough is our attention span. And there's actually a study that shows goldfish, the actual goldfish you see in a bowl. Mm -hmm. They have a higher attention span than humans nowadays. It sounds funny, but it's a real yeah. thing. So if you look up these studies, it's, it's mind blowing. And it just shows us that we're just all over the place. So I keep it old school and I go back to the basics in regards to spending more time in nature, doing some breathing, yeah. prayer, yeah. meditation, visualization, just like getting rid of the devices for one hour and just sitting outside. Like I, I like to challenge people, my friends or clients is like, when is the last time that you followed a bird for like three minutes just to see where it goes? And mm. at first they're like, that sounds weird. And then they really think about it like, yeah. wow, I probably haven't done that since childhood or ever <laughs> but just sitting in nature and just looking at something a squirrel looking at your dog like whatever it is following a cloud just being present mm -hmm. and it does sound funny at first but when we actually do it we just get lost and we're like oh i never noticed that tree was there or i didn't realize we had this much here or, wow the water looks really nice today like whatever's close to you everybody has some type of nature around them or buildings but just sitting outside for a moment and being mm -hmm. present and just realizing that sometimes when we sit outside, we feel like our pocket is vibrating, but our phone's not even in our pocket, which goes back to showing how addicted our mind and body are to our phone. Like sometimes you're like, my pocket feels like it vibrates and my phone is on my desk. And I'm like, am I really ooh, that addicted ooh. to this like, <laughs> pattern? So going back to your question is number one is challenging people to look at themselves and say, do I actually have control of my attention? Or do I intentionally open up these apps and when it comes to anything else? So starting with our attention span, because that right there starts everything. If they don't have control of their attention, the media has it. Their negative friend that always talks about their negative relationship has it. This has it. Whatever else has your attention. But that's a big thing that's keeping people from being productive or disciplined at all. It's because every time they're about to do that productive thing, they're like, ah, I got to look real quick. And they just go on their little pattern. Yeah. I think that, you know, we could probably do an entire podcast just on that subject because, you know, as I, oh, yes. as I teach the public speaking and overcoming your fear of, of that and, and really be being more uh, stronger communicator, uh, that's part of what I talk about. And I work with kids, especially because, well, I'm amazed at how my four-year-old grandson and my eight-year-old grandson are so good at technology. But my daughter's doing a great job at, at limiting their screen time. 
so they can experience just what you were saying, you know, like for me, when I was young, one of the things that we did is we laid on the ground and just looked at the clouds to say what we saw. And to just, oh, yeah. to, so when I do that with my grandkids, the first time I'm like, why do I want to look at the clouds? And then once you start doing it, you realize, well, there's interesting things, you know, taking time to appreciate sunsets as you're driving, not just looking at a screen, passing the time exactly. that way. Um, so I, I think it's really something that not only do we need to do it for ourselves, but we need to think about our children and how are we helping them to not maybe create this pattern of, I got to look at my phone. I look, I yes. need to have a buzzing of my watch or the televisions on constantly yes. just having that noise in the background, which I, you know, I, I never understood. I like to appreciate quiet, but my husband thinks it's important to have it in the background. So I think all of those things that you said are important for us. We can't learn how to listen unless we understand the value of silence. For sure. A hundred percent. And that's one thing that people struggle with is sitting yeah. in that silence. Oh, they yes. can't bask in it. They're like, Oh, <laughs> I'm about to think of the problems that I need to face. Nope. Yeah. Time to text yeah. my friend, time to call, time to scroll, time to just go to the neighbor and see how they're doing. And it's like just when they're about to work on things or write or whatever they believe in, whether it's God, their ancestors, mm -hmm. the universe, something is telling them, hey, you should uh, distance yourself from this person or hey, yeah. you should start a new career path or hey, have you thought about doing this? Anytime they hear that guided voice, their conscience, most people, it scares them. And then mm -hmm. they try to like retreat from that attention to, to go do something else. But deep down, they can feel like, man, I really wish I was pursuing this passion. Or when they lay in bed and they're looking at the ceiling, they're just daydreaming about something that they truly want to do that would fulfill them, but they haven't taken that first step yet or gone all in. They're kind of yeah. half in, half out, where those key moments, it's just God speaking to us, our conscience connected. Mm -hmm. It's like reminding us it's all there, but it's really hard to hear that hear the voice or hear the gifts or hear the opportunities mm. that are trying to be guided towards us once we're distracted by all the other madness. So and having more time being present. I know that, you know, you're into physical fitness and things like that. And and I know when I have a problem, while I'm not going to the gym, working out hard, I'll start cleaning. Because when I do Good. scrubbing the floors, uh, you know, or steaming the floors or whatever, that mindless, like I can do it in my sleep. I know what I'm doing. I, I free up my mind to really solve problems as because I'm not concentrating on what I'm doing, actually. And I get yes. my problem solved because I have that hour of just nothing else going on in my head, but trying to figure out that problem. Yeah, it's amazing once you do that is you're getting rid of clutter. Plus, when you're doing it, it's stress relief. I used to tell my friends in the military that I enjoyed ironing. And yes. they're like, well, why is Johnson always ironing? And I was like, dude, I have the best ideas when I'm ironing. They're like, dude, you're a weirdo. I'm like, yes, I am. But something happens when I iron <laughs> or I color coordinate my closet even now. Like if we have guests, they're like, dude, you're, everything is so organized. And it's just normal because growing up, my mother is German. So just backstory, yeah. my mother's German. She's a kindergarten teacher from Montessori for about 40 years. <laughs> oh no! So she had a structured mentality. And my father was 25 plus years in the U.S. Army. So 
that structure and the mentality was just second nature to us. Yeah. And also a German mother instills that in you. She's like, I don't yes, care. We're going to clean up. So yes, she does. growing up, I realized how effective that was. So I appreciate them for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a baby boomer. So we had that time period where, you know, the love child and all that kind of stuff and free thought and all. And somehow, some way I, I ended up being organized and that organization actually helped me all through my life because I took it to everything that I did and being organized really releases stress. I mean, it reduces oh, yes. stress. hundred <laughs> percent. Always challenge people to declutter. What can mm -hmm. you declutter? That yeah. pile of clothes they've been walking by for five days, the dishes in the sink. So I see all these clutter towers or mounds as time. And I ask people, how much time is in your sink? How much yeah. time is in the corner of your room? And they're like, uh, 10 minutes, 20 minutes. So I'm like, okay, it's been two weeks and you let this thing stack, but it's stressing you so much that any extra thing that happens in your life or at work is the icing on the cake that makes you feel like you're going to snap on somebody or implode and go into a low state. But if we really look at it, they just have a ton of piles of things, whether it's their desk, their kitchen, their car, the sticky cup holder in their vehicle that's been like that for two months, like whatever it is, it all stacks mentally where they have all this stress. And sometimes they don't remember why they have it, but mm -hmm. it's just been their new norm to have clutter everywhere. So if they can start yeah. by simply just cleaning and decluttering their place or vehicle, whatever they have around mm -hmm. them they'll feel freer and then they can start to open think, excuse me, open their mind and think clear where they're like, wow, I haven't realized that I haven't had these good thoughts in a while. And then it all goes back yeah. to just having a messy place. And, and if you are not the person that's making the mess, but it's your significant other or children, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I think that goes back to what, what we talked about um, in the communication pieces, learning how to, tell someone that that is not helping you in your world <laughs> and exactly. doing it in a way, you know, like you should clean. Well, no, you know, just express, express maybe how you feel about the fact that you are now stressed over their mess. <laughs> and oh, yeah. so, um, you know, I think we let that kind of build and, and, you know, from a marriage perspective, I've been married 44 years, you know, if, if I awesome see that, that mess, then my first instinct is, well, I've got to clean it up because I don't, I don't like yes. that. And, the, and, and over time that could build and you're just like, Hey, I'm living with this slob. I just, am going to end this. Whereas you could have fixed it in the first day that it bugged you and say, Hey, you know what? <laughs> I don't like mess. <laughs> Exactly. And I, and I don't want to clean up after you. So let's do this together. <laughs> For sure. You're absolutely right. People, they hold it in too long. Yeah. And then they just like have this <clears throat> elephant in the room. It's like, yeah. just speak up and let, let, let's get past this uncomfortable conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it goes back to, you know, our past is our future. If, if all those things build up in the past, then now that's going to impact how your future goes for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, I guess we kind of talked about this just now, but what steps should you take to really be able to ensure that you're taking control of the situation to get the best results that you could possibly have? 
Great question. So I always challenge that people control their first 30 to 60 minutes of their day. <laughs> we all hear about morning routine, do this and that, be disciplined, be gung-ho and motivated about life. That sounds great. But for a lot of people, they have zero control of their first 30 minutes to first hour of the day. They wake up. We talked about devices earlier. They might wake up at six, but they maybe don't physically get out of bed because they scroll instantly. <laughs> and then they waste time like that. Person one. Person two, they maybe hit snooze five times and then they created their own anxiety. They're late. Yeah. They're stressed. They're dehydrated. Once they have the coffee, heart rate goes up. They don't have any more energy. And they're like, <laughs> now I feel worse. And like they just created their whole stressful routine without realizing it. So they're very reactive to the day. So I always start with <clears throat> that first 30 to 60 minutes of their morning. What can they do for their body and their mind to get them in a more proactive and empowered state? And it sounds very simple, but I just keep things simple because a lot of things and like gurus online, they try to confuse people and pretend they have the secret. But all it is at the end of the day is, do you have control of your situation and your space? And that first 30 minutes, am I opening up Facebook and seeing this sad adoption dog video and then wondering why I'm sad come the afternoon? They're like, why, why am I even sad today? And they're like, oh, yeah, at 6 a.m. I watched a sad dog video on Facebook. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's a common example. But they don't realize the seeds that they're planting in their mind those first couple minutes of the day. So yeah. I just challenge people to do two things. One, something for your body. Go for a walk, go jog, hit the gym, whatever they enjoy. And then two, something for the mind. Some people love to read, some write, some visualize, meditate, or pray. But if they do a combination of just those two things, and the reason I would limit it with two is because other people, they'll do seven yeah. things in the morning <laughs> just to get a mental endorphin hit. And then come their work day, they don't do anything productive. But in the morning, they're like, well, I did all this in the morning, but it really doesn't move them forward in life or towards their goals. And they just did too much in the morning. Then they run out of energy. So I would challenge them to just do two things, one for the body, one for the mind. And then the same problems or issues that would normally pop up, they see those things in a different light and they find solutions rather than, oh, another thing's happening on a Tuesday. Uh, it's another case of the Mondays. So they'll start to less likely have that generic mm -hmm. mental frame of just complaining or seeing everything as a problem where they're kind of excited and where they're like, hey, this is a challenge. What can I do to solve this? before they just completely make it bigger or worse than it is. Yeah, I think it's it's really important um, what you build your mindset. I, I always did all of my getting my mind where it needed to be before the the work starts. You know, I usually got up an hour before I needed to leave so I could do all that, get my mind in the right place because I knew the moment I walked into the office it would, you know, would hit the fan. <laughs> oh yeah. And, and so, <laughs> exactly. and I used to get it, go into the office an hour before normal people would be there so that I would have an hour of quiet time in my desk environment, again, to keep that mental thing. If you start at nine and you get there at five to nine, you have no time to get your head where it needs to be. And that's where it just goes downhill from there. I'd like for, sure. for you to just discuss though, at the end of the day. So uh, I'm in the midst of writing um, my book and in my opening, as I was nice. working on, on the information about my journey, I talked about the fact that I had an hour to an hour and a half bus ride to and from work. And so 
that time was actually my time to do 10 pages of positive reading and things like that. Yes. But, but it was really important at the end of the day to de-stress all the stuff that went on during the day. <laughs> and, yes. um, and I think a lot of people don't do that. You know, they, they leave the office, but they don't leave the office. And even for sure, as they bring that home and yeah, their family and feels it. At, as an entrepreneur, we're working, this is my office, you know, and if I had things go poorly, there's nowhere for me to go. So that's what it's really important for me to say, okay, the end of the day, I need to take a walk to get yes. out of here. So talk, talk to us a little bit about the end of the day routine. For sure. So I totally agree. It's very effective to go on that walk and to just get out of the environment for a few minutes. Another thing that can help in combination is if they write down a brain dump list, brain dump, as in it doesn't have to make any grammatical sense, but yeah. they just, they're basically ranting on paper. That's freaking cool. emails, blah, blah, like whatever it was annoying them that day that they just need a release, just write it from there. After they write it one person, they could read it and say, okay, I'll let that off my chest before I dump it at the dinner table. Step two, with that same piece of paper, they could crumble it up. They could put it in a garbage disposal. They can put it in a paper shredder. Some people will light it on fire. It's just more of a psychological trick to say, yeah. I'm done with the day. These things did annoy me or throw me off, but I'm not going to carry this into the rest of the night because my family, spouse, pets, whoever is going to feel that energy where they just look at you. I saw your cat earlier. So your cat could also sense your energy. Sometimes if you're hyper stressed, oh, yeah. I have a pit bull. She's a rescue. So sometimes if we're on edge, she'll come up to us and like get real close and loving. And I can just sense that she senses that something is wrong. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, I'm making her nervous. Let me release, go on a walk, do something. But brain dumping helps. Mm -hmm. Also in regards to communication is, this is not marriage advice. We're not married yet. But in regards to like simple spouse or friend relationships is asking each other hey do you need solutions or do you just need a vent yes. do you want to talk about it or do you want solutions starting off like that can save so many arguments so yeah. we, my girlfriend and i ask each other that a lot as well so i'll rant for two minutes she'll rant and the challenge is we don't give a piece of advice if they chose i just need to talk and we're like all right you good Perfect. Let's watch this movie or let's go out to eat. Yeah. And then we yeah. don't mention the topic anymore. It's it's hard at first, but once you make that normal, it's mm -hmm. much better because sometimes you just need to get it off the chest. Yeah. Or on the flip side, is like, hey, this situation happened with work, with a client, or with this device. What would you suggest here? And then we look at it strategically and how to solve the problem rather than the you should do this, you should do that. So approaching it that way. But the strongest thing to do, step one, is to push the pride and ego aside to even be able to do yeah. that. Not many people can do that. But going back to your question in regards to the combination would be going in nature, going on a walk. Some people, they enjoy de-stressing after a day by working out. That's mm -hmm. great as well. Step two would be to brain dump on paper. There's power in just writing it down. Everything is yeah. digital now. So if the same device that you're trying to brain dump in, you're notifications go off they're going to forget why they're doing this and it has little to no power they're like okay brain dumping doesn't work but if they just lay the <laughs> devices away pen and paper and just go old school uh, but just to release that another thing would be to release emotions 
as men, we're told to suck it up, drive on, man yeah. up, and all that. Sounds great at first, discipline and all that. But the man that has so much pent up aggression and energy and emotions, one day is just going to snap or implode and just like go into a dark place and not talk to anyone. So those are the two ways they release or they implode. So if they can just release, so let's just say he works somewhere and he drives there, he commutes. Before he goes home, if he just feels like he has to yell in the car and scream or just like literally cry for a minute, even if there's nothing wrong, he's just like, I just need to release. The workout didn't fully help this and this. I don't want to go home and just drink to yeah. take the edge off, quote unquote. I need to just release some emotions. From there, they'll feel at least more calm and have released yeah. that. And then also once they're calmer, they could pray, visualize or meditate, whatever their thing is, and it'll be way more effective. So find some calmness, release, spend some time in nature, write out some things that you just want to dump out of your mind or let your spouse or your friends know, hey, do you mind just giving me five minutes and just listening? I don't need a response. I just need them. They're like, all right, go, blah, 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 blah. And they just yeah. like rant about everything. And it just feels good to release. So that way we're not just storing all this day after day after day, week yeah. after week. And then you can just send somebody's on edge and you're like, he or she's about to snap on someone. It might be at yeah. the birthday party. The server comes and brings the wrong drink. And everybody's like, whoa, what, what just happened? But they have all these unfinished projects, the stress and all these thoughts that they haven't released. Mm. And they let it out on the 17-year-old server at the restaurant in front of everyone. And it's mm. just like, she really didn't make that big of a mistake. This is her new job, but you're just bad at managing your own emotional awareness. Mm. So <laughs> doing more of those things to stay in more control. So that way we don't disrespect someone, embarrass ourselves, or stay in a low state for too long. Yeah. And you know, we um, talked a little bit about headspace, the, you know, things that are going on between our two ears, but a lot of what I see is things that hold people back from being able to be comfortable as speakers or, or being effective as a leader is things that happened in the past that we can't let go and uh, forget Yes. or forgive either one. But, uh, you know, and sometimes I, I I think forgive is more important than forgetting because forget means acting like it didn't happen. And I think you need to learn from whatever it was in your past that's impeding your future success. Yes. So, um, you know, you, you do have to figure out what is it that happened in your past? And I think as coaches, that's often what we try to peel the onion and find out. But for you, you, you had military father, you, you know, you had, um, a teacher mom. Yes. Uh, what would you tell your younger self from what you've learned from your past and what has happened in your present that will help them maybe have a better future? I would tell my younger version that you're on the right path. Just keep doing what you're doing. Not that I knew everything back then, but in my lowest points, which, so full transparency, both parents were very successful in their career, but they were both the oldest of their siblings. So they grew up fast and they saw a lot of trauma at home with alcoholism and drugs in their family. And then that kind of trickled down a few generations. So being the youngest in the family, I was the verbal physical punching bag sometimes, but they knew that I could take it. 
And I'm not wishing that upon people, but it happened a lot between 9 p.m. and 1 a.m. But fitness became my outlet yeah. and calmness that route. I didn't want to continue the generational curse, quote unquote, and I didn't want to resort to violence and all that. So fitness was more of a mental thing for me. I build the body because I would get bullied by family or friends. I was that small, skinny kid. It was just always shy and nervous. And then I had to break out of that. I was like, yeah. I have to become something. So fitness was building the body and then building the mind. Martial arts helped me a lot as well to be calmer. So my sensei would always teach me techniques just to be the calmest in the room and just nice. to not give people the reaction that they expect. So if your family expects you to be angry, try silence. If they expect you to be silent, speak up. Like we're not trying to have more and more confrontations and waste energy, but sometimes we have to give people the opposite of what they expect. Because the pattern is you feel like that 12 year old that's shy and like they speak to you at a certain way during the holidays. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm not 12 years old. <laughs> I'm not going to allow you to speak to me like this anymore. Sometimes we got to just stand up for ourselves, but not giving people the reaction that they expect. And in regards to the advice would be to just keep staying on that path, keep doing what you're doing, meaning the inner work, working on faith, and most importantly, being able to be calm in stressful situations, whether that's family trauma, alcoholic mom drinking, screaming in your face, the father, PTSD lashing out on you, um, the bully at school, boss at work, whatever it is. Yeah. What is your reaction to that thing? And if we can pinpoint our normal reaction, which is like our automatic response, maybe it's not the best. So maybe we just need to change that response first. But being able to give that younger version advice to just keep going, keep pushing and do whatever you can to be calm in situations to not make things worse because your reaction to everything is the most powerful tool that we have. So good. That's very good advice. And uh, absolutely agree with it. I, I've found that whenever someone yells, a lot of people think, well, I'll just yell louder. But I yes. found that I just talk softer. <laughs> Or I don't react to what they're doing and that frustrates them, but they oh, end yeah. up, you know, stopping. Exactly. All right, so we're going to go quickly to rapid fire. Um, All what, right. What motivates and inspires you, Derek? What motivates and inspires me is helping people on a deep level to create a positive ripple effect. Nice. So he or she might be successful on paper, but they don't like this area of their life. I love seeing the aha moments or the light bulbs go off and they're like, this makes sense. The clarity moments, being able to give people clarity for themselves, then they can see others better and they become better professionally, personally, with faith and all that. It's just amazing to see because if they have kids, kids do as we see, not as we're yeah. told. So if we see dad eating healthy and training, we're going to want to train. If we see dad drinking and smoking and he's like, oh, don't drink and smoke. It's like, we're going to do what we see, not what we say. So I've always challenged people just to become the man or woman that you'd be proud of okay. and give her, him or her to the world. That's awesome. Okay. So what do you do or why do you do what you do? What, what really drove you to become who you are today? Not connecting with people. So the phrase, I love you, was not said in our household. Oh. Again, I appreciate the upbringing. We had a beautiful home in Pensacola, Florida, pool screened in, nice cars. Like we had everything, but the love was just not in that home. Our home was the place for the parties, for the get togethers, for the cookouts, 
positive and all that. But once everybody left, the last bottle was drank. It was just like complete rage. So I never said anything to people because I didn't want to bash their reputation. So I kept it to myself. And I was like, I would watch superhero movies or movies that had like traumas and comeback stories. And I would just yeah. brainwash myself with these stories of people that went through things worse. And I would just see myself as that kid who was in the cave being trained to come out as a superhero. And like, I would just do this thing in my head to not give power of what was happening. So in regards to your question is helping people see the power that's within them. And that is also fulfilling for them and not in a selfish standpoint, but it also fulfills me seeing them do better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that also heals your inner child. So mm-hmm. it's like a triple win for them and their people for myself and for my younger self. So that's a big reason. And also there's so much negativity in the world right now that if we can have better leaders and everybody in a better headspace, everybody loves a comeback story. That's the only reason we watch movies and shows. We love a comeback story. So if we can rise through our trauma, through our pain and all that, and our people see it, they're like, wow, I didn't know Vicky went through this. I don't know he went through that. And once people learn the real stories of what makes us human and interconnected, it inspires them to want to level up rather than what the media wants, separation, hate, anger, sadness. Oh, there's another hurricane, this and this. It's like, we can't control it. Yes, there's some things we could prepare for, but the thing that's missing is just real conversations with people. And we realize we're not really that different than others. We can learn from everyone. I love that so much. I don't think you know this, but I have the URL it's just a conversation. And when I teach public speaking, I tell people, you know, it isn't a speech. It isn't a pitch. It isn't a presentation. It's the ones that make impact is just a conversation. And I think that's where, and that's why I do what I do, because I, I don't want people to struggle with being successful because they haven't learned how to have that conversation. So I love, love that. It's a powerful tool. Yeah. So what's next for you? What's next is continuously growing to help more people. So making a deeper impact also to plan in-person seminars, bringing in a combination. So being a military vet, I've always envisioned a two or three day getaway where we hike a mountain, my hunting buddies they teach them how to hunt i teach them on the shooting range we teach them self-defense males and females we go through obstacle courses if they're scared of heights we're going to fly in an apache helicopter like we're going to face everything and then on day two it's a breakthrough session and like a in a banquet room in a hotel where everybody's dressed nice we're learning doing around robin learning about people's traumas and struggles helping each other and then from there we have like celebration but really diving deep to have that camaraderie but most importantly releasing so on the hike if people haven't hiked if people haven't shot a weapon if people haven't fished or hunted if that's their thing or not but if people have these experiences and just learn and just get out there and then the very next day learn about these people they're like wait the guy that taught me how to shoot went through this and this no wonder he's so calm or this lady's so calm because she's a master martial artist would have never guessed so really learning about these people and then Mm -hmm. giving them the tools that they can actually take in life that is real life scenarios from real people who've been through real things. So first learning from them and their expertise. And the next day they tell their stories where people are like, everyone would have guessed. I just thought y'all were all yeah. blessed being athletic in the military <laughs> <laughs> or whatever field they're in, or they're just, 
in the lucky club of successful parents. So yeah. giving people that. So deep impact on a one-on-one level and then building seminars that are not a pitch fest. A lot of seminars, mm-hmm. you pay the ticket and then you just get pitched at the end for the next ticket of the platinum club of the gold club. And you're like, all right, this is just like one big ladder. So this event is going to be real life skills that you can use for life for your family, but walk away with camaraderie, new people that you're connected with. And most importantly, like a new vision on life where you push mm-hmm. your body past current and past thresholds and push your mind to new limits and you see what you're capable of. So giving people those moments, facing their fears, facing their demons, and then like they see the world in a different view. And they're like, wow, I needed this release two to three days of just releasing and learning. And then they go back home and they're just seeing things in a different way rather than just giving a motivational speech that gets them hyped for 10 minutes. And the next morning you're like, well, don't really feel like going to the gym, but (laughs) impacting in a deeper way. Yeah. That's a awesome. We'll have to talk about um, maybe working together because your retreat and my retreat actually sounds a lot similar to awesome. what our goals of for the people that are there for those three days. All right. It is now time for me to share my screen. So if you have not got a paper and pencil and you're just listening in, go grab one now, even though I tell you every time you should be taking notes from the very beginning, but you never do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So For those that are just listening in, you want to go to fitwithderek.com. That's fitwithderek, one R.com. So F-I-T-W-I-T-H-D-E-R-I-C-K.com. For Facebook, he is fitwithderek2, the number two. And LinkedIn, he's Derek Johnson one, the number one. Instagram, it's fitwithderek2, same as Facebook. And TikTok, it's at Fit with Derek. I will have Derek take over right now and tell you what you will find when you go to his website. So on my website, I always say real people, real results. There's no Photoshop. There's nothing weird. It's just people have videos, testimonials. They talk about their journey. Some people are strictly fitness and performance, running their first 5K, their first Spartan race. Others, it's hey, I'm in great shape, but I suck at personal speak, personal development or public speaking and I have social anxiety. So they'll learn about all these different stories of clients, males and females. So my whole intent is just to show real people with their journey, their happiness, their pride, their confidence. You can't fake that in a video. So I just like to show various people. And then if direct and straightforward personality and gung-ho ready to attack their goals is for you, great. If not, totally fine, because I truly believe I'm not for everyone. You're not for everyone. But if they resonate with the right people, then there could be a deep impact. So I just like to say that from the beginning, because some people, they don't like the straightforward military style, but some they love it. They're like, I need a personal drill sergeant. So if that's your thing, then hey, you might be a good fit. (laughs) So that is all we have time for today. It was such a great pleasure meeting you. Um, definitely love to do more with you so that we can help make our audience more confident, better shape and better people. As I always tell my students that I work with, that I have a four-year-old and an eight-year-old grandson, and I want the world to be a better place for them. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, I appreciate you having me, Vicki, and it was a pleasure speaking to you. And I'm happy that you helped the kids because that's where it all starts. Yeah. Yeah, that's where my heart is. All right. So as always, I remind everyone that life is a journey and it's up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling 
once again, signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.